Hello and welcome to Cat Out of the Bag. I'm Cat Hennessy, and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, my little sweet peas, and welcome back to another episode, part two with Avalon motherfucking Hope, the legend. Um, so, I mean, we just had so much to go over last week, so we're doing a part two. We're doing a deeper dive into what is OnlyFans, the ins and outs, stuff about Avalon's life. So let's bring Avalon in because I know we've all been waiting for this little episode. Welcome, Avalon. Hi, thank you so much for having me back on again. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah, I am just feel like we touched on so many amazing topics last week and I just want to get, you know, dive a little bit deeper. Um and learn more about OnlyFans and your, you know, just your journey. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm, so I think like we didn't touch on this in the last episode and it's something that's like I'm quite curious about. So like your family, what how do they feel about this? So I will say straight off the bat, like I have the sickest mum in the world. Shout out to her. She's awesome. Um, I actually told her before I even turned 18, I was like, just before I turned 18, I sat my mom down and I was like, listen, I'm going to go and be a stripper. And naturally as any parent is, is like, what? And I was like, hold up. Let me explain. There's no other industry where women make more than men. It's going to teach me all about sales. Like it's a crash course in sales. And with that, I remember when I was stripping in Queensland, there was a woman in the change rooms that was like, Avalon, if you can sell your butthole, you can sell anything. Yes. And that's exactly right. Like people are paying to like look at my butthole for half an hour. So thank you very much. Shout out to her. Um, but I was like, it's going to be a crash course in sales. It teaches me full body autonomy. And I believe that to me, it's very much so um, just on par with what I wanted to achieve. Like at the time I was running a feminist magazine. Um, she doesn't exist anymore, but it was high gloss magazine. It was amazing when I was running it. But yeah, I was like, for me, this just makes sense. And she was like, you know what? You have your head screwed on. I trust this. I trust you and your journey. If this is what's going to make you happy and set you up, you have my full support. And then she literally went out and gave me like like a little deposit to buy my first pair of pleasers, which is like the specific like stripper heels. So my mom has been very much so up to date with everything that's going on as like each part of my, my career has progressed. Um, I do have two younger siblings though. And what I think was so funny is that I don't really have contact with a lot of my family, to be honest, like Mm. people that have found out my family have been pretty chill about it. I know that it's gotten around, but I, I mean, a lot of my family lives in England anyway, so it's not like I'm seeing them at face to face dinners or anything like that. Um, I remember my sisters used to go and visit my dad and like, what's Avalon up to these days? And I used to just tell my sisters, because they were, like, young enough, I'd be like, oh, Abby's going to Queensland now to go and practice bartending. And then I told my dad that, and my dad instantly was like, she's stripping. No one goes to Queensland to bartend. She's stripping, isn't she? And they were like, no. Ugh. And then, of course, I told them years on, I was like, yeah, dad was right on the money. And they're like, oh, my God. Really? But, like, my sisters, abs- oh, absolutely, but... Even still, right, with the kind of content I put out on Instagram, 
I mean, like, it's very much so boudoir, like lingerie modeling, which isn't too far from the kind of content I do online anyway. But I think for me, when I did tell my, my siblings, they were like, cool. Like, I completely, I was very much so co-parenting them growing up. And they're radical as fuck. So they were like, yes, sex work. Like, you get your money, that's fine. So Amazing. I've had very much so, like, very, very strong support from my family. And I think I owe a lot of my success to that. I can't even imagine how difficult it would be to have an unsupportive, yeah, family um, in in my career. And I see that a few of my friends have been through that, and it, it would be so challenging. So I'm I have nothing but gratitude to having a very um, open-minded family like that. That's amazing. And what about like yeah. grandparents and stuff? Like, like are they um, all in England? I don't think they know. Yeah. So that's because yeah. So. I think that they're not on the internet like that, really. And I, at the end of the day, like, especially while I was stripping, I was like, that's no one's business. Like, no. I'm studying, I'm doing my thing. No one has to know. I was living my double life. But even now, um, very much so, like, estranged from my grandparents that live in Australia. So there's nothing to worry about there. And then even the ones in England, like, I think it is just a little bit too far removed. I don't have a relationship with my grandparents like that where, you know, we're close friends. It very much so is more of a formal, like, oh, okay, I get my birthday card, you get your birthday card, hello kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right. But I think that they would have a coronary if they found out. They would die on the spot. Yeah, yeah. So So when you would, like, when they'd ask you, like, what do you do for work, what would you say? Bartending, always, because it, I mean, for me, it made, it made sense with like the nightlife and like the kind of hours I was working. So I just say I'm bartending in a club. That's what I was stripping, but moving online, I mean, I haven't even had that conversation. No one's asked me what I do. Like, and if they do, I just say I model. Yeah. Because in reality, that's not a lie. It's really not a lie. I am modeling. So yeah, yeah that's what I say. Like it doesn't go past much than that. Like I don't have grandparents that are really invested in my life, or totally. even like external family. I have a very small and very tightly knit, like nuclear family, and that really works in my favor. Like that. I mean, I can't imagine the nightmare that it would be. I think I have more anxiety about people that I went to school with knowing yeah. what I do than my family knowing. Have you ever received any like you know hate or yes. any? Yeah, from people from school? Oh, yes, absolutely. But also I think recently there was someone that was like, oh, my God, Avalon, this is literally on my OnlyFans. Oh, my God, Avalon, like, you look like you're doing amazing. How are you? I was like, sorry, do I know you? Yeah, we went to school together. I was like, oh, my God, leave. But also, like, thank you for your money. But also, like, ah! Yeah. I don't know. Just a bit. It's too close. It's way too close. Leave me alone. But I was told by a friend recently that, and people I used to go to school with, like Friday Arvos, they'd like buy a case of beer and the boys would get together to just scroll through my OnlyFans together, which I'm like, that is fruity behavior. Like Whoa. you're using me as a catalyst to get horny with your bros. Maybe you guys should explore each other's bodies. Like, yeah. Why, and like do it why? by yourself. It's a bit weird and it's, it's never in a way where it's like, damn, like she's hot, look at what's going on. It's very much so derogatory talking down like, ew, look at this disgusting slut we used to go to school with, fucking pathetic, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, I come from a small town in New South Wales, so it is very much so 
big news when anything like this happens. And like, I would love to be able to go out clubbing. Like it's some of my old, like favorite nightclubs when I do visit home, but this, it is the anxiety I experience from just being at home and like going to a local IGA. It's not worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. And what about like, yeah. What about like trolling on the internet? Yeah, so as I mentioned in like um, last week's episode, I had like a, I still do a very dedicated fan base of people that are not just fans, are people that really like hate what I do. I don't know what to call them. It's like, yeah, a group, they, they do act like fans though. It's fan behavior. They subscribe, they follow me everywhere, but they leak my content consistently just trying to like spray in for my damn floor. And I'm almost certain that a few of those people are um, guys I went to school with and like, Quite frankly, there's one in particular I think he's involved in. He is a, such a problematic person that, like, I rejected him when I was young, like 14, that kind of thing. And yeah, I think that, as I said, small town, big news when anything like this goes on. Um, I mean, he's very active in like Reddit groups and yeah, particular things where it's just like dedicated to, to spreading my content and trying to make me feel shitty. And how do you deal with that? Like, how do you, you know, stop yourself from feeling shitty? I stop looking at it. Yeah. Really. I I have, you know, my team that does all the DMCA takedowns and, and everything like that. So I stop looking for it. It's I out of sight, out of mind. I know it exists. I know that, like, you know, when you Google my name, even sometimes content pops up. And like the anxiety I have with that, the only way that you can battle that is just not looking like out of sight, out of mind, because there really is nothing else. And it's just acceptance. Like you have to accept the things you cannot change. I'm doing everything I can to work, you know, towards controlling the situation. But in reality, it is what it is. And sometimes with trolls, like, don't get me wrong. TikTok itself is the most hostile app, I swear to God. Totally Comment is. section just, oh, my. I get, like, comments every day about people telling me that I should kill myself or they are going to kill me or I'm, like, worthless subhuman because of what I do. And I'm like, damn. Sometimes I do. I fight back in the comments. And other times, like, honestly, the best way around it is to just ignore it. Yeah. Because they don't engage. And you probably have fans it. that would then reply and stick up for you and stuff. That's it. That's exactly right. And I absolutely do. Yeah, right. And what about, um, yeah, fuck, that's intense. And you you told me as well that you had a massive Instagram following and your account got deleted? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on my second now Instagram account. About three months ago, I was deleted. I had 185,000 followers. Um, and I'm just like gutted for the amount of like, contacts and connections I had the community I had as well like the educational purposes the amount of like other sex workers or queer or people of color like educators I was following it sucks having to try and rebuild that now and also like I've been working on that account since I was dead ass like 15 and the amount of like memories and like growth and progression through my life that I had like just in archives there it sucks that it's gone but like at the end of the day Instagram's owned by Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg hates whores. So, and it's not just me, like some of my friends that had verified with millions of followers, millions deleted as well, a few weeks after me. So that's it. If you're a sex worker, 
period, if you have the, you know, those premium only fans or anything like that, Instagram knows and Instagram is monitoring, like even the word only fans, like sharing that you said, um, like, Oh, Avalon Hope's coming on the podcast to talk about only fans. I was a bit like, Oh, do I share that to my story? Do I not? Because it flags everything in the DMs. It flags everything on stories. And yeah, you're consistently like at risk. So do you think I should be like careful when I'm posting that kind of not stuff? Not you because you, you're not. You're not a sex worker. So you're not targeted. As yeah. If you're an educator or a non-sex worker talking about that, they don't care especially if you're a male photographer. You could be a male photographer and upload legitimate nudes of the photos you've taken. Instagram goes, ah, oh, no, it's fine. It's a man. But as soon as you're a woman with autonomy profiting off your own body, absolutely not. On my site, I don't think so. That's literally it. Like I have groups that I share these photos with, with other like sex workers where you will see, yeah, a, a male photographer upload a, just a, a blurred little nipple and she's fully naked and she's got like a little white squiggle over her literal pussy. Instagram goes, uh-uh, that's fine. We love that because it's a man profiting off a woman. That's so If you're fun. a woman profiting off your own body, no. And it is so frustrating because these men, their accounts as photographers never touch. But if you're a woman, I, I have friends that are on their like 10th Instagram account. Like, Ugh. yeah, it's, Doesn't- it's nuts. You know how there's that like link tree thing for your yep. OnlyFans? It don't um, doesn't Instagram like pick up that link as well? Yep, absolutely. Anything that's hyperlinked, Instagram's aware of it. Do you know who's more like even more vigilant though than Instagram? It's TikTok. TikTok, absolutely. You have to censor words to the point where like, can anyone understand this? We don't know, but we still try. Hyperlinks getting removed all the time. Like I'm legitimately on my seventh or eighth TikTok account now. And my first TikTok account, I had over like 350,000 followers gone overnight. And it's just like, you got to just keep rebuilding because that's that's the one thing with TikTok. You can always bounce back though because the algorithm works in your favor. It is not the same with Instagram. Instagram, the only people that see your content are the people that follow you. Whereas TikTok, it goes to everyone. You can rebuild. And I have like the current account I have now, I've had for maybe two months I'd say and I'm well over 140,000 followers again so you can really rebuild quickly on TikTok how often are you Instagram oh every day multiple times a day I have my specific content days for TikTok and live streaming and TikTok I like if it wasn't for TikTok I don't think I'd be where I'm at in my career now Um, TikTok really changed my life maybe you know it'd be like a year and a half ago now coming up in two years where in the same week I had two videos go viral, both of them clocked over like 5 million views each, Um, and one was talking about my boobs and one was talking about my OnlyFans. And from there, my Instagram went from 30,000, 40,000 followers to over 100,000 followers in one week. And as you can imagine, that, of course, had conversion rates over to my OnlyFans as well. So, yeah, that was nuts. And that's it. Like with TikTok, you... You just put it out and consistency is everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the algorithm really works in the favor. And if you find your niche and you find your structure, like that's like a little inside secret tip that I give to any up-and-coming like newbies in the industry is get your TikTok sorted. Yeah, totally. Make sure you're not using Linktree. Find another way to link your shit, whether you buy your own website name and it redirects or 
I use an app called Milkshake, which hosts its own little website where I can link it and just be consistent. Yeah. But yeah. So I did have a, an Instagram account, 185K gone, but it happens. Oh, fuck. That's hectic, babe. And yeah. so, oh my God, I just like can't even, yeah, that's just re- really full on. And what about like, you know, obviously we've spoken about family and like, you know, school relationships and stuff. What about dating? Mm-hmm. Like, are you single? Do you have a partner? Do you, are you into men? Are you into women? Like, what? what's your vibe? So when I started sex work, um, very much so single, I was, I've like always been a hopeless romantic. Yeah. Um, but it like while I was stripping, I met my ex-boyfriend. I was with him for two years. Amazing. Nothing but love and respect for him. Um, and he actually helped me set up my OnlyFans and my cam site. He was always really supportive of me being a sex worker in a way where it was also never like fetishized either. It was never like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's a stripper. He was like, no, nah, it's your job. Like, that's cool. I'm going to help you get your money. Like, you, good for you. Yeah. Um, which I really love and I'm so grateful. That, like, he was my first love. That was my first really like formative relationship that I've had where he really taught me like, off the bat that I would never like I don't tolerate people that one aren't supportive of what I do and two have any other feelings about it other than it just being work um and so for me like that was really I guess like healing and validating to be like yeah but I did have a friend recently asked me she was like you know has has sex work changed dating for you and I was like yeah and not in the ways I thought it would especially now with where I'm at in my career. I think it was a little bit different when I was stripping when, you know, money was tough and it was a hard hustle and I was working four or five nights a week. Now that it's very much so, I work on my own terms. I work when I want. I have complete control and freedom over what I do and also my earnings as well. Um, That, yeah, dating is hard now because I think a lot of men are really intimidated by what I do, what I earn and the freedoms I have and rightfully fucking so. Um, but also I, it's challenging for me to find someone that is, um, equal to me and compatible, especially at my age with where I'm at, like the kinds of men that I think would be in similar situations and circumstances are well into their thirties, if not their forties. And I am not doing that. Like I'm young and I'm hot. I deserve to be with someone that's young and hot as well. How how old are you? I'm 22. You're 22. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so baby. I probably should have asked you that sooner. Wow, you're fucking mini. I um. Yeah. You're you're so like mature and well spoken. I just presumed that you were my. I'm. I'm like almost. Well, I'm 28. Like next month. So I just presumed you were like. Yeah. You so don't come across. Definitely younger, and so. And that's it. I think that that's what's dating dating has changed for me is that I just will not tolerate so much bullshit now. If you live out of home, I'm not dating. Sorry, if you live at home, I'm not dating you. If you're not working towards like a substantial career, I'm not dating you. If you're not intellectually stimulating, fuck off. You ne- like, and that's it. Like everything I pr- and what I'm asking for, I'm literally not asking for anything outside of my means. Everything that I'm asking for in a relationship, I already have within myself. I provide for myself. Mm. But to find someone that does that as well, 
impossible. Sorry, but like, what does a 22 year old man have to offer anyone? Literally nothing. Mm. So there's that. Um, but for, as for my sexuality, I'm into, yeah, men, women, non-binary, everyone. It's very much so like personality. If we click, we click. That's cool. And yeah. so do you like have Tinder? Do you have Hinge? Like do, do you have the apps and yeah. actually date? Yes, yes, I do. I'm on Hinge. I'm on a few other ones. Uh, I've been banned off Tinder since I was 18. So, yeah. Uh, and also, I did get kicked off Bumble. Hin- sorry, Tinder, I was banned off wrongfully so. And that's not just my experience. So many people just get kicked off Tinder because Bumble, I was shady as fuck. And I was looking for a sugar daddy. And I had a copy paste message I was sending to all of these men that were like in their 50s. This was like when I was like 18. So, mm. rightfully so. Bumble was like, enough of that. Um, but yeah, I'm on Hinge. I'm actively dating. And don't get me wrong, I have had like a few really awesome dates this year. But I also just find it so exhausting. And like, it's the same bullshit every time. And it's like a vetting process to be like, right, do you have like the main foundational pillars that I have in my life? And almost every time it's like, no, absolutely not. And I think that I found that in my last relationship as well. Like, um, yeah, just I, I don't want to compromise. I, I don't want to and I don't have to because it's like I, everything that I have within myself I've got for me and I think it's difficult as well. Yeah, just to find someone with the same like ambition, drive and like freedoms and flexibility mm. that I have. I feel like it's hard for anyone. Even like I know me having yeah. a podcast and speaking quite openly about sex, like I know that guys don't love that or they're like, what if I end up on your podcast? Like I've had a few guys say that to me. I'm like, okay, don't yeah. flatter yourself. And secondly, like if you're going to get – you're going to come on – be spoken about on my podcast if you do something like that's worthy of being spoken about, which would be something fucked up. Like the only time that's exactly right. Yeah, I've only spoken about like dates or partners or something when they've done something fucked up. Like I, I spoke about this guy that almost killed me and then ghosted me, and like he, <laughs> yeah, like you know, or like that is really fucked up. So fucked up. Or I spoke about like my abusive ex on another podcast, and he got angry, and it's like, well, hang on. This wouldn't have come up in the first place if you didn't do something that, like, was worthy of speaking about. Like, don't don't be Absolutely. a shady kind, you know. So, yeah, that's it- exactly right. That is exactly right. And sorry, that just comes down to insecurity. And me being what I do, like, I get naked on the internet for strangers. There is no room for insecurity. If you are a man that's insecure, you cannot handle a bad bitch like me. Like, there are so many men that want bad bitches and cannot handle them. And that that, that, that goes to, like, the extreme when you're talking in sex work as well. Like, you have to be a man that's really – or just a person, sorry, not a man. A person that's really, like, confident within yourself to be like, yeah, my partner does this, blah, 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 and be chill with it. And it's just like, oh, I don't have, I don't have time. I'm a busy fucking woman. I, I have a bag to chase and cash in. Like, I do not have time. If you're not meeting me and you're not there, oh, the idea that people are coming to you being like, oh, what if you speak about me? Who do you think you are? And yeah, I will if you're a piece of shit. Don't yeah, like, I've, to I've had to say me. that to people. I'm like, don't flatter yourself. Like, get fogged. So, what about? Yeah. Like, I guess. I know, I'm like, how do I word this question? So do you feel as though like if you do go on a date with a guy, do we, like obviously you tell them what you do for work? 
Yeah. Like, do you you ever feel like, you know, men can be quite like – sexually vulgar or like do you think that because you're in the sex industry that they expect for you to just you know get your you know get your hoe on and you know like fuck them within two seconds like do you ever feel like people aren't respectful in that way um quite honestly no and that's not actually something that I even consider because I really do I treat myself with like so much respect and I know how hard I work and what I do and that my job quite simply isn't just being a hoe and getting my hoe on no no sorry I don't mean getting your hoe on like as though I just always say I'm getting my hoe on like of course no no but this is what I mean like even in saying that like I know how much goes into my work so when I show up for a day if there's a man that's like yeah she's gonna suck and fuck me like you have rocks in your fucking head I don't know who you think I am but you read me completely wrong sir and even still right I I have like questions that like already like vet this kind of shit out um so I don't end up on dates with like people like that I haven't really had any experiences I'm thinking like this year because it's been like my dating year and even the dates that I have been on I haven't had that many like the kind of men that I date are not the ones that would be like that. I'm sure that there are absolutely tools out there. And I do, I get the, like the people that recognize me from social media and know that I do OnlyFans, like, oh, like, you know, you want to film a scene with me? Can I help you for your OnlyFans? And I'm always like, oh, yeah. Um, what experience do you have with, like, photography? Can I see your page? Like, do you have a portfolio? Can I see your website? Oh, oh, you're not actually a photographer. Then why the fuck would I ever work with you? Yeah. Oh, like I, I meant like, oh, like for porn, like, you know, you can fuck me. Well, oh, I didn't realize. Do you create OnlyFans content? Or no. So why the fuck would I work with an amateur? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want your charity. And at the end of the day, it's not your charity. You want me to give you my charity. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm, oh my God. A man getting anything for free out of me? Wrong bitch. Wrong bitch. No. Yeah, I guess that's like kind of what I mean. Like I know there's so many like guys out there that can be so like even like I was chatting to this guy last week on Hinge and we were like going to have a date and then I was like, oh, I I would like ended up going to dinner with a girlfriend and his – I'm actually going to get the fucking conversation up. And he just went – like I just hate when – people go like so they just like expect this sexual what did he say to me um oh what was he on maybe it was on tinder it was disgusting he was like um Oh, maybe he's unmatched me because I didn't reply to him. Pretty much he, like, we were going to go for dinner and then I had drinks and I was like, oh, no, like, I'm just going to go. I've had a few wines. Like, oh, no, no, I think I was like, yeah, let's have a drink. Like, where are you? He's like, oh, come over. I'm like, lol, I'm not going to come to your house. Like, you murderer. who the fuck are you? Yeah, and then he was was like, oh, few wines. I know you'd be ready then. And I was like, lol. Ready for what? And he goes, haha, you know, and did like an eggplant emoji with water and a cat emoji. And I just didn't reply. I was just like, was he 14? Literally. No, he was like Like, 33. 
I'm like, are you <laughs> fucked? Like, where? Get in your cage. Yeah. Where's like, your owner who let you speak like this? In what world do you think that that is appropriate to speak to a woman? Like, yeah, sure, it's a dating app. Sure, you're like, some people are looking for sex, some people are looking for like a partner. But like, you know, just say that straight off the bat to someone. Like, are oh you my God. That is like so out of pocket. But then again, like, I get that all the time as well. But I don't even pay attention to that because for me in my head, it's like, I know that I'm not being treated like that because I'm an OnlyFans content creator. I'm being treated like that because I'm a woman. Mm, mm, yeah. That's it. So for me, it's like, no, that's not really a consideration I have. And even still, like, if that's what they think, then boy, if you think that like going on a date with me means that you're going to have the most wild sex of your life, you're in for a surprise. Mm. Like, and that's it. Like, I work really hard to keep my actual private sex life very separate from work. And at the end of the day, it's like, I'm not going to fuck you just because I, first of all, I have far moved past the the point of having to sleep with people because I feel obligated to or because it feels like the right thing to do or whatever. Like, unless I am literally like heaving for it, fuck off. I have the most extensive vibrator collection known to men. Like I, um, why would I, and also like, my stats of actually orgasming during sex are like, yeah, it like doesn't happen. And so for me to have sex, I'm like, no, 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 there has to be more to this. Yeah. Like, this is not me just like about coming. Like, this is the whole storyline. You have to fit in the fantasy in my head. Like, the date must have gone so well. Like, it, there's so much more to it. So, yeah. Quite often it's like, no, I leave me alone. Thank well, you for the thing. drinks. sometimes I feel like sometimes it is like yeah I would rather just sit in my bed and use my fucking vibrator because like I don't know half the time I feel like men aren't there to please you they're there to fucking like get their rocks off like I spoke to this Yoni masseuse the other week and she told me that the average time for a woman to actually get warmed up is 30 minutes and I was like you're fucking kidding me The amount of guys that are just like try and shove their dick in you in like two minutes and you're like, whoa, I'm not even, firstly, I'm not even wet. And then they're like, oh, I have this book, right? So I, for everyone that's listening, I'm holding up a book right now called Come As You Are by Dr. Emily Nagoski. If you have not read it, you must, whether you're a man or a woman or anything like that, please. So here it's like the surprising new science that will transform your sex life. It honestly is about the psychology behind sex and it is about arousal in women and what constitutes for like us being like, yeah, we want to fuck and when we're not and psychologically how this is built up and the difference between men and women. And it's honestly phenomenal. Like I studied sexology a few years ago. I just did like a diploma of sexology. And even with that, like, oh my God, yeah, sorry, foreplay for women doesn't start in the bedroom. Yeah. Dickhead. Foreplay starts before we even see you. How are you messaging us through the day? How are you emotionally checking in? When we're actually on the date, when we're out at dinner, what is the vibe? What is the setting? Is this conducive to me being relaxed and feeling sexy and feeling like, yeah, this is a, a like a, a context in which sex could fit into it? Or are you stressing me the fuck out, like emotionally in shambles and just being messy and rushed? Because if so, no, I'm going home with my own wine and my own vibrator. Thank you. What a hundred percent. 
can you send me a photo yeah. of that book cover? Maybe I'll chuck it in the Facebook group too. Um, cause absolutely. Yeah. It sounds super interesting. And I feel like it's phenomenal. always great to like learn more about your body and about sex and all of those sorts of things too. So. Because you deserve to be empowered in your own body, understand your own body and yeah, feel like you have autonomy and like control over your sex life and your 100%. own pleasure. Hello? Yeah. 100%. So there's that. And what about, so you said you're like sexually fluid, like have you gone on many dates with women this year? Yeah, I actually have, but um, sleeping with women is a whole other ball game. I think I honestly, growing up, <laughs> all of my first sexual experiences were with women and like with my friends. And then when I had sex with a man, I kind of it just stayed like that. It's so much easier to sleep mm. with a man than what it is with a woman. How, why do you, Why do you say that? Because men will fuck anything. Yeah. Whereas women women have standards. Like, do you know how easy it is to get a man in bed? Yeah. So it's so much easier. To, and I think as well, like, the cultural narrative, like, being brought up on, on heteronormativity and seeing what a hetero relationship is and heterosexual sex and also the lack of understanding about my own genitals, I think that that's created, like, yeah, I don't know. So it's easy to sleep with men, and so I've always slept with men like that. And I, oh my goodness, I just find it so nerve wracking. I think for me, the pressure, like the idea of me disappointing a woman in bed, I will never recover from. Whereas, have, like, have you with a man, whatever, I don't care. Have you properly slept with a woman a, though? No, not as not as a full grown adult making decisions. No, I haven't. I mean, I've done things like for work, like when I'm stripping or content creation where it's like absolutely like that. But for my own like pleasure going on a date, seeing a woman and then sleeping with her, no, not yet. Fingers crossed though that'll change this summer. Um, I've, so I've, I'm probably like probably the same as you. Like I'm pretty sexually fluid. I obviously like I see myself ending up with a man and having babies yeah. and all of that, but I have been with women and yeah. I feel like you shouldn't be scared of it. I feel like there's something, well, not scared of it, not that you said you're scared, but, like, it's actually not as scary as you think. Like, I felt when I've I've, I've, prob- I've been with, like, three women and I think because you know what you like, you kind of, like, take that into consideration and it's, like, so much more open. So, like, I feel like it's just such a comfortable space when I've, like, been with a girl, it's, like, what do you like? Do you like this? Like, I know... I know that I like more of a build-up, so it's like I'm not going to go in straight away yeah. with a girl. Like you're going to, you know, make out for a while, like all those sorts of things. So, yeah, I think you like Absolutely. you should definitely give it a go. And then, like, I think that women are just like more open to speaking about things. So it's like, absolutely no. Yeah. And thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I think as well something that plays into it is that all of the women I have gone on dates with are also very much so like sexually submissive women. And as I mentioned, like in last week's episode, men come to me being like, dom me mummy. And I'm like, that it's, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. So then I go on these dates with these other women and we both, both of us, bisexual women sitting there at the table being like, who's going to make the move? Who's going to make the move? And neither of us fucking do. So this summer, like, hey, if you're a woman, that knows what she wants, hit me up. I love it. I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm well, here I, for it. I'm just a bit nervous. 
No, it's it's so true. I've I've like went on a few dates with this girl um recently and like I ended up it like almost got a bit friend zony because like neither of us were making the move and then I was just like super straightforward with her and I was like, Hey look, like I think you're beautiful. Like I'm obviously into you in this way, but this is really new for me. So it's a bit out of comfort for me to just like lean in and kiss you because I worry that you're not and like, you know, all of that. And we've, and we've kissed, um, we ended up making out, like, I think it was, it was because I had that conversation and was honest with her, which was so much easier. Cause I feel like if you're with a guy and you want to like turn them on, you just like, you know, you'd get a bit sexy and you might like bend over or like rub their thigh or like, but it just feels different when you're with a girl, especially in this like unknown territory. Yeah, of course. Mm. Of course. Yeah, so but Well maybe I'll apply that. Maybe I have to to step up and just be at least verbally forward. Yeah. This is it. Bit more open. I mean, even if you do it after the date or like, you know, you tell them like when you're chatting and then like you both know that in your mind for the next time. So it's not this like scary lol me, I'm like fucking like counselling on getting with a chick. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love this. Yeah, but no, nah, it's um yeah, I actually like really, really enjoyed all of my times doing it. Um and they've all been super different. Well, I will keep you updated yeah. and let you know how it goes this summer because I have a good feeling this is gonna be a hot girl summer. Fuck yeah. Mate, who if I come down to Melbourne, I'll bloody take you out on a date. <laughs> Do it. Love it. I'm like, hey, podcast, going on a date with Avalon. Love it. <laughs> Imagine that, like we're recording at the table. You can record our date. Yeah, that would be it'd go off to a live. I love it. Oh, my God. So funny. Okay, so, so funny. I do also want to talk to you about, so there's obviously like <clears throat> percentage tiers with OnlyFans. So some yeah. people write like, I'm in the 0.01% and I'm on the 0.2%. What the fuck is that? What does it mean? Babes, I really wish I could tell you, but realistically, look, the amount of creators that are on OnlyFans, it is so easy to fluctuate. So literally, like, I usually sit in the 0.02%. We're a little bit lower this month, but it is calculated off engagement and earnings. It's got nothing to do with the amount of subscribers you have, though. Uh, how it actually works, none of us really know. But in each percentage, there are like 10, 20,000 other creators in that bracket as well. And okay. it fluctuates daily. Oh, so, I didn't know it changed. Oh, uh, Yeah, no, it consistently changes. So if you say like, I'm in the top 1% of creators, it's like, okay, you and another 150,000 are. You know what I mean? And then that changes. If you're inactive, if you're not posting every day, if you're not responding to all of your messages, if you don't have consistent cash flow coming through, then you'll be in the top 2%. It moves backwards. It'll move up. It'll move down. You have some months where you'll be in the top 0.01% and other months where you'll be in the top 1%. So it very much so changes. It's day to day. And it actually equates fuck all it means literally nothing at the end of the day all that really matters is the consistent numbers coming in and what i think is really interesting is that like even when i'm in the higher percentages i will have the same money coming through 
but because I'm posting less or I'm not engaging as much or having as much traffic driven across that my percentage will fall, but it has absolutely no effect on the earnings I have. So, so, so is 0.01 like the best? Uh no, zero point zero zero would be the best. So, so, so you're that- doing the top zero point zero. No, yeah, zero point zero one would be the best. I actually don't know. I don't know. And even still, right? Like Belle Delphine, I know that she is one of the top creators on OnlyFans. Who? Sorry, makes- Belle Delphine. Yeah, she's the um e girl that sold her bathtub water. Um, Lol. She. Yeah, shout out to her. She she was on a podcast recently, actually, and I think she announced that she makes like millions a month, right? And with that, it's like I actually don't know where she would sit or even what her stats would look like, but I just know as well, like it's really not hard to get into those top percentages. Like yeah. you might not even have the money or like what you would expect earning-wise even from someone in the top 0.01%. Don't get me wrong, it's still a lot of money, but there are people like I've been in the top 0.01% and it's not like I'm making a hundred thousand or a million dollars a week, a month, whatever that is. So it really doesn't mean much. It's really more of a selling tool to show like I'm popular and active on OnlyFans. Right. Come check me out. So, and yeah. what do you think like an average earning a week or a, per month for you would be? Um... That is actually something I'm not going to disclose. That's, That's a little fine. cheeky thing. You, Yeah. It fluctuates. Um, it really does change. But what I earn is completely different to someone that might do hardcore pornography or yeah. even someone without a following. Like, yeah. That's the thing with OnlyFans. If you do not have an audience already and you just sign up and start uploading your nudes, who's looking? How are they finding you? So- Why does anyone give a fuck? Obviously, so fine that you don't want to disclose that. That was just like, I thought I'd give it a go. What about like, do you- Yeah, I'm worth it. <laughs> worth, worth trying. What about like, what do you reckon someone like Anna Paul or something would make? I'm actually not going to comment on that either because I have insight. So, so no, no comment. Go, go off the money thing. Okay, that's so fair. That's it. No, nah, that's so fair. I just, um, I'm just, yeah, curious because I know like people. You know what? What I will say is there's a difference between what Anna Paul would make and the level of effort that she might put in. It would be, her outcomes would be very different to someone that might do the most content, the most consistent and still promo everywhere. The difference is that Anna Paul has so many people looking at her that her she has that much engagement that like people girls will subscribe to go have a sticky beat and men will subscribe it's it's like kind of that sticky beat thing like when you go from being like um, a content creator where you're like she's actually a porn star I'm gonna go subscribe so I can beat off there's a difference there with the way that Anna Paul is seen because it's very much so like oh you're in the public eye I want to see you naked what is this like let me go have a sticky beat and so I think that, of course, she would have, you know, subscribers that love her for what she does. But I think that she engages less with OnlyFans or something where it's like, this is work. And more so like, come have a look if you want to. And so I think that she'd be making a lot of money because of the attention she has, the notoriety and kind of the, the public image she has for herself. Totally. Well, I feel like people just love her 
That's I feel like she could post yeah. like a photo on a bikini and people would just die. Like it's like I feel like Absolutely. she wouldn't even need to go to that next level because people just fucking adore her. So, yeah, it's um, – And that's kind of like as I mentioned in like last week's episode, that's where I think for me the line gets drawn between being a sex worker and doing OnlyFans and being able to be a part of the community and just being someone that is a public figure that's, yeah, having a tour through the industry and profiting off it. Totally. And but what she's well within her rights and she's killing it. Yeah, good on her. I love it. Um, and yep. what what about like advice? Like what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about starting an OnlyFans account um, or getting into like sex work Firstly, industry? So do your research. Do your research. Do your Googles speak to sex workers. And when I say speak to sex workers, come with your wallet open and ready to pay us for our time because at the end of the day, I like journos in my DMs, people doing research, like at the end of the day, even if you are a newbie wanting to get started, be prepared to compensate us for our time because our experience and knowledge in the industry is from our own sacrifice. And like me being a face out sex worker has cost me so many potential other career opportunities because it's like, well, I'm a sex worker now, that's tarnished. Um, And so with that, it's like you have to be prepared that, yeah, your career choices may be altered. You have to be prepared to – I'm sorry, let's backtrack. Do your research. So speak to sex workers in the industry, get some actual opinions on it, and make sure that it's a good fit for you. Have you really exhausted all of your opportunities – And is this something that, you know, you're really keen on doing, you know, sex work is there for people that love it, want to do it. And also for survival sex work, like that's the thing. It it is always there to help support people when you need it. But I think not that I'd ever change anything, but if say it was like my younger siblings being like, ah, I'm going to go be a stripper. I'd be like, is this really right for you? Yeah. Like, have you really exhausted every other opportunity? If you are going to get started as well, be fully prepared that every single person you know is going to find out. Yeah. Even if it, even by miracle they don't, be prepared that that is a real reality and potential possibility. And also with that, like the idea of people being like, oh, I want to start an OnlyFans, but I don't want to show my face. Bitch, if you think that was an option, would we not all be doing that? Totally. Like it, it doesn't work like that. That's not it. Do you think that, you know, you've reinvented the wheel by thinking you're going to do a faceless OnlyFans? No. No. Like, that's that's it you are your brand and if you that's and that's half the thing of it it's like people don't want to see like it could be a photo of any tits that's it they want you you are your brand um if you are getting started pay your taxes make sure you're registered you're paying your taxes you're on top of your finances have your get out strategy know that sex work for some creators for some women in the industry it really is their forever career um, I feel like it's definitely wise to not bank on that though because uh, at the end of the day, there is always going to be someone younger, hotter, who is willing to do more and has more notoriety, that has more, that is going to get more. And at the end of the day, you're only getting older. And for some people, there's more success with that. But realistically for me, a get-out strategy is very important to make sure my finances are in order. I have my plan for, all right, how we move, how we transform from being an OnlyFans creator to 
whatever else is next in my career. And I think that that's really important that you don't shoot yourself in the foot like that. Being like, I finished high school. Well, oh, I don't want to do uni. I'm just going to be a stripper. And don't get me wrong, you so can do that. But I would highly, highly encourage you to make sure that you've got other things in order because at the end of the day, if you don't set yourself up right and you do have to go back into the workforce, it's not conducive to having a really strong career if you have a 10-year gap in your resume and you're like, oh, I was just stripping and I burnt all of my money and now I have nothing to show for it. Totally. So I'm like, that's it. Make sure you're always investing in yourself, skill like building and all of that. So that's kind of the advice that I would have. And also, if you are thinking, send me a DM, reach out to me, make sure you follow my Instagram as well, because I'm always sharing information and updates, especially that are relevant to sex workers in Australia on my Instagram and on my socials. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And that's great that you do that as well, because I feel like there'd be so many like women out there wanting advice in these sorts of areas too. And it's so important, you know, to be helping people too have that and like for me I really wish that there were so many times where I wish that I had that like big sister figure Mm. to help me through certain Mm. parts of the industry and I'm really grateful that I get to use my platform now not only to like educate but to support other women in my industry and community yeah and and what is what is your exit strategy like how long do you want to do this for like what have you have you thought about that as well yeah, absolutely. So ideally, I would like to be done content creating and like out of the actual um, service part of sex work by the time I'm 25. So within the next three years, um, I've already got the structure and like the bones sorted to a company that I'll be launching next year, which is really exciting. I can't talk too much about that just yet, though. But there's that um absolutely working towards investment properties and starting my portfolio there and also investing in stock market crypto the money that i have now i want to put in places that it's going to make more money and secure the longevity of the income i create now because there is absolutely no other job on the planet that has the same flexibility and the high earning potential um that this that OnlyFans does. So I'm like, right, I'm very accustomed to the way I live now. I love my life. I want to keep this up. So I'm doing everything I can now to manage my money and make sure that, yeah, long-term, there are always options there. That's amazing. And also, like, I would love to be able to retire from, like, the industry and be, like, the fairy godmother that would help, you know, younger people getting started in the industry with the tips and the tricks and everything like that. So we'll just see how that manifests. Yeah, you could do like an Avalon's crash course. Honestly, honestly, that that would be the dream. Like I don't want kids, but I would love to have like my own little community of like Mm. I help manage you, like I help sort you out, you get your shit happening. Like, yeah. And what about like – do you ever like think you could get to 25 though and be like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Like I still love this. You're going to have to check back in with me at 25. Yeah. Honestly, things change so rapidly. Yeah. Like if you were to rewind two years ago and check in with that Avalon, my life in every single way internally and externally was completely different yeah so even two years from now when I am 24 I have no fucking idea what I'll be doing but all I know is that it is always onwards and upwards yeah so oh that's amazing how exciting thank you thank you so much yeah it is it is it's so exciting okay let me let me look at my little questions that we haven't gone over 
Um, so like promoting your account, like how, how do you promote it other than like, do you promote it on TikTok and Instagram? Are there other ways and forms of promoting it? Yeah. So if you are in the industry, make sure you have your Twitter account ready and all set up because Twitter is like the only social media where you can outwardly be like, hi, I do OnlyFans or I'm an escort or whatever it is, and then share your links. So for me, I'm always on TikTok Live or TikTok because TikTok has like the biggest outreach. So with that, every comment section of mine is a pinned comment. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. I'm always like promoting there. Follow me on these places. Once I get people to my Instagram, that acts as like the middle page, like the middle ground, sorry, the portfolio, the landing page that shows, hi, I'm Avalon. Here are all of the things that I do, like modeling. I talk lots. I share information. You can follow me on Twitter. When you get to my Twitter, it's like, hi, I'm hot. I'm batshit insane. Here's my own thing. <laughs> so it's like tiered and structured like that. There are so many working pieces and cogs that all work as this one funnel to get to OnlyFans. And every single platform has its own content created for it, structured and marketed to the audiences on those platforms to maximize my engagement and turnover rate. Amazing. God, you're, yeah. you're, you're fucking switched on. I'll tell you that. Like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like you've like got your shit together, which is great. And if you're already thinking of these future plans now, like you're going to kill it, whatever you do in life, you know? Thank you so much. I've always been very driven and very focused. I grew up with, you know, not a lot of money at all. And like swore to myself as a child, like you stick through this now Avalon, but I will make sure that you never have to experience anything hardship like this again. And I make sure that every day in my day-to-day life that I am always working towards that financial security, stability, and also just like the pride in myself of what I have achieved and built for myself. But yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. (laughs) No, it's great. It's awesome. I love like ambitious women and people that, you know, think things through. Like you could just be sitting here and being like, oh, I don't know, like I'll see what happens. But the fact that you're like, I'm investing, I'm going to do this, like they're all amazing things and that's what's going to set you up because you don't like – what happens? Like another good question, like what happens if OnlyFans does go through with that whole, like, like what would you do? That's, I think one of the keys to being a successful sex worker is resilience and um, adaptability. Is that the word? The ability to adapt. Yeah. Uh, so if, yeah, if OnlyFans went bust, that's okay. I've already done my research on four different other providers and hosts that do the exact same as OnlyFans, reached out, conversed with them, and actually like a few sites have set me up with um, personalized like percentage rates because of who I am, what I can bring to the table and that kind of thing. So I'm always a a step of the head and you always have to prepare for the absolute worst because so many times in my life, the absolute worst has come to fruition. And at the end of the day, like the only person that is coming to save me is me. I don't have that financial stability to rely on like, oh my God, if I can't pay my rent, like mom, dad, can you help? No, no one's coming to help. No one's coming to save me. It's my responsibility to make sure I'm a step ahead of everything. So even when that did happen with OnlyFans, it was like, that's fine. I already have two other platforms ready to go. It'll take a week to move all my content across. And even still like, 
I think that's what losing my Instagram account and TikTok multiple times has taught me is that you can always rebuild. There is always going to be a customer. There's always going to be someone that wants to see you. There is the entire world is made of money. You just have to know how to attract it and get it to you. And like, oh, you make it work. Totally. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, Thanks. But yeah, nothing is forever and don't be too comfortable in in anything, especially in sex work, because the, the regular, it is no, there is no consistency. There isn't. And so always being on your toes and being prepared, you know, having multiple options is key. Fuck yeah. That's so good. Oh, well, I feel like I've gone through all my questions. So I feel like we'll wrap up this second episode, but you are an absolute legend. Thank you so much. And guys, I hope you learnt so much because I know I have. So yeah, you're amazing, Avalon. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on and to everyone listening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been so sick having that chat with you. Yeah, it's been so great. So yeah, thank you so much. And thanks so much for listening, guys. I will see you all next week. Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the Acast Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode. (laughs) 